Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Top five questions of the week. As we head into week five, want to get both you guys' opinions on some of these. Eventually, we do need to. We probably did next when you do the next Texas Beef House Live. We need to throw some of that Blackmar video up so they can see. Do you have that, Garrett? Yeah, I mean, for later, after, yeah. after this segment, yeah, I, I still have it now. Yeah, I, 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 I still I'd like have to show it. But, okay, but yeah, I think we need to show that at, at him, an artist that work. Make everybody hungry. I mean, do you do you often? I mean, how about people walked into Picasso while he was painting? You know, whatever that was. If they weren't shot first, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean. You know, 1922 Paris. Things are going well. He's just out there painting. Uh, number five, can Wazoo stay in the race all year long? I I thought that they would be, and they might still be, but after beating Wisconsin in that big moment and then raising to the challenge and beating Oregon State in the big moment and holding off a ferocious comeback, there might be something special about this team that's not just Cam Ward. They are really good. They're they're tough. They're fun to watch. Jake Deckard has got them rolling. And Cam Ward uh, clearly spent the summer trying to fix all the things that were that were slowing him down because he was fun to watch last year and good. But so far this year, he's been great. Yeah, he's been uh, prolific. He won the uh, Earl Campbell Tyler Rose Award Player of the Week this week, uh, deservedly so. Um, and. You know, I, I don't see any reason why not. I don't think there's any glaring issue that should prevent them from, you know, being able to run the rest of this race. I think the way the schedule sets up is absolutely favorable as all get out for them. I mean, you play, don't get me wrong, UCLA coming up this weekend, that could be a, a bump right there, although Dante Moore did not look nearly as good last week um, as, you know, maybe some of the flashes that he has shown, but he's a young quarterback and, and that's going to be, you know, part of the deal there. But UCLA on the road, you know, is, is, is a potential, you know, pit, but, uh, you know, you got Oregon in a couple of weeks and beyond that, they've got, uh, all unranked teams until the very last game against Washington. So if you can get through these first, I mean, get through UCLA, you've got Arizona remaining, Arizona state, Stanford, Cal, and then Colorado, 
who mm. who knows by then. But I I mean, compared to what you could draw, like we had like USC schedule. There's like five ranked teams left. They don't play USC. You know, they no. don't play Utah. They don't play every murderer in the murderers row. So you do get a couple of them, Oregon and Washington. But they're separated enough that there's yeah. a bunch of winnable games remaining for them. And Washington could be the last Apple Cup for how. Ever yeah. long, right? Yeah. So there's gonna be there's mm. gonna be some Big sauce. Stakes. Yeah. There's I gonna mean, be some sauce on that game. That could be like a top ten game for all we know yeah. at that point if exactly. they keep winning. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if Washington is by the way undefeated going into that game with the last four, three that they have before that, uh, watch out. Yeah. Like yeah, that yeah. team. That would be a great college game day. Although I don't know the same date if there's other. The rivalry week, so to speak, that no. we talked about. Get up there. Go to Seattle. Have a big time. I mean, I think if you're saying who are the four most impressive teams, Washington's definitely one Absolutely. of those four right yeah. now. Yeah. 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 I think them, Texas. Um, Florida State. Sure. Uh, Georgia. Although we just we just have – they just haven't been spotlighted they, because well, of – They haven't played like, – right. they haven't they been just, challenged yet. We knew this was the schedule. They were supposed to play Oklahoma. They played South Carolina. That was fine. They were – they were pushed by South Carolina. I mean, they, yeah. but they responded. Okay. You know we what we're trying to say here. I they haven't that. been taken, you know, we haven't had to turn it all the way up with them just yet. You just assume that they're one of the best teams, and, and probably rightfully so. But just saying, if you're looking at the four who have looked the part, Washington's definitely in that four. Yeah. All right, number four. Craig, this is a direct question for you. Is Oklahoma now a defense first team? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, yeah I, I, because when you've got a, you can win a game twenty-eight to eleven. Which last year, if they had only scored twenty-eight points in a game, that was a huge toss-up whether that that would have they would have won that game uh, because of how bad their defense was playing. And then you throw that in with twenty to six, like that is that's a gritty win for for them. Yeah, no, their defense has been really good. It's it's clearly much improved from a year ago and from the Riley teams. Uh, Danny Stutzman's become an absolute stud for them. And I know there's a lot of moaning and groaning over some of his mistakes last year, you know, just yep. as, as can happen. But uh, I don't see a lot of that going on now. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely a much better defensive team than I thought that they would be, like, the first month of the season, I thought that they would get, I mean, you got a defensive coach. You need to be a defensive team. That's kind of why with Aranda, it's like, if the defense isn't working, then what are we supposed to grab onto here? But no, they're becoming, you know, more in the, in the, the vein of their, their head coach, uh, which is defensive minded. Their offense is still uh, explosive, uh, but they don't have a great run game right now, or even a good run game that that's the big bugaboo for them is their run game at the moment. And they've got some players that you can see are going to be, about potential stars and, and, you know, pass catchers and things like that. But, no, I think the defense is the one that's taking the headlines right now. They can still be explosive offensively, but it's not like the Riley level of, like, here's CeeDee Lamb and here's, you know, all these guys. They've got some good players, but defensively that's been the star of the show at this point, yeah. yeah. Number three, who is the best team in the SEC West? And I'll pose this one to Garrett first. <clears throat> who is the best team? Well, who is one that would would legitimately scare you right now? Uh, man, Ole Miss scares me this weekend as an LSU <laughs> fan, honestly, because yeah. that's a toss up game between both of them. Yeah, but as far as nobody who, who can who can strike fear in the hearts of everybody on the schedule in the SEC West, really, you know, um, look, LSU took the first loss, and I still think that I think they're probably the best team in it right now. Um, but they, you know, struggle against Arkansas, which is a huge rivalry game. They've looked kind of uneven at times, and they haven't really found themselves. And then Alabama's well-documented as to, you know, kind of what's going on there with their offense and where they might be 
in in this part of the Saban era. So yeah, I mean, A&M's not all that scary. I mean, they're they're probably fine, but they're not. You know, nobody's going to be like, oh dear God, we got to play A&M this week. Uh, Auburn, you know, we've seen that. You know, Ole Miss really really squandered an opportunity this week. So I I don't know. It's it's early. Yeah, and. Usually, this is like last year at this time, there were still questions about LSU and how they finished was a coach that took over. And Saban is not a guy that's just going to forget football. They improved a little bit last week. They still have much to deal with. The defense created some turnovers. And so can they build off of that? But, yeah, A&M's good. They're good enough. They're a bowl team. They do need a signature win, and maybe they'll get that one, that opportunity. I think Alabama plays in College Station. Yes, next week. And God knows, I mean, the last couple of years or the last couple of times they've played, that's been a hell of a game. Yeah, I want to go back because, you know, Sooners fans can be a little whoop, whoop. Um, I do think they have some potential star wide receivers, but it's just not name brand to the level of what you're expecting yeah. there, just so we avoid the chat replay and the Oh, God, I got that yesterday uh, yeah. in the show. Yeah, but uh, the running game, that's still an issue, and that's that's not debatable. Uh, I think this is a three-team question, right? It's LSU, Bama, or A&M. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know right now who the better team is. I'd lean, I guess, Bama, just giving them the benefit of the doubt, but I don't know that that's – I mean, now that I even say that, that doesn't sound right because I think of, well, they don't have the best quarterback in the grouping. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I think we need to see more evidence um, between these three teams uh, to, to, you know – I mean, I, they'll, they'll – they're, we're going to see at the end, but I, I still need to see a little bit more from all three to, to make a determination on who's the best of the three. And I'll say this. They don't have a team that's terrifying no. like they have in the past. No. Where sometimes they've had two or three at the same time where you're like, even like Alabama, Ole Miss, LSU all in the same year. You're like, look, I, I know that Ole Miss is the third, but I sure as hell don't want to play them. Right. Like, I don't think they have that right now. They're not, they're not intimidating in the way that they're used I'll, to being. I'll, I'll tell you what I saw from Alabama is I saw a team that created turnovers. Now, again, Ole Miss's offense is usually pretty productive. But I did see some plays from Alabama that I didn't see at all against Texas, and probably because it was Texas at the time. But I did see some disruption. And I think that you could play – you can discuss the quarterback play being erratic and sporadic and whatever. But to me, what was stunning about the game with Texas was the defense didn't make plays. Yeah. And I saw them do that – when they played Ole Miss, not as much firepower as UT, but I saw some of those plays you expect to see from Alabama's defense. Yeah, I think that's how they're going to win games. It's going to be winning with defense, getting turnovers, making big plays on that side, and then controlling the football. It's not going to be, you know, in the occasional explosive from Milro, but it's not going to be the, you know, greatest show on turf with Amari Cooper running free yeah. and, like, five stars everywhere. That's just oh. not who they are anymore. They don't have the big NFL as of right now, you know, top five quarterback pick or first rounder, they don't have a lot of those um, stacked up like they have in past years where it's like half an NFL roster. Um, now, it may turn into that in a couple of years, but right now it's it's just not as formidable as it has been. So, yeah, they're going to play good defense, and they're going to win more low-scoring games, and they're going to win, you know, shootouts. Yep. Number two, can Penn State end the Michigan-Ohio State hold on the Big Ten? Because... What they did to Iowa, and look, I know it's Iowa, and the you know the joke is kind of over about their their offense. I mean, it's even beyond that now. It's tragic. You called it malpractice, Craig. I think that that's true. But 
to shut out a team like Iowa and hold them to 61 yards of offense while still having an offensive performance like that being dominant in both in all phases of the game kind of shows me that James Franklin might finally have a team that can contend all the way late in the year. He's had really good teams, but he's not had a great one. He might have he might be in it right now. He might be in his in his bag, so to speak. Well, you need to be with Michigan and Ohio State yeah. as part of your problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Ohio State obviously has some uh, weaknesses. Uh, they have some holes in their game. Uh, Michigan, I think, is a very good team, solid team. But, you know, yeah, is Penn State in the mix? Absolutely they are. And you knew when they were kind of building up Drew Aller that there was always just kind of this little buzz about that guy and, and how good he actually was going to end up being. And I think you're already starting to see that pretty quickly as he's taken over the reins. But, yeah, they've been downright you know, dominant up until this point. Um, biggest game still remaining, and we're not going to see them have another one for a while. They don't play um, – let's see, when's their next, like, actual – I mean, Ohio State in three – or yeah, Ohio State in three weeks. They play Northwestern this weekend, which that should not be an issue. They play UMass, and then they get to play Ohio State. So – um, yeah, that's going to be a, a big-time showdown. But you'd think that they could very well be favored there, and that leaves you with really just the Michigan game remaining because Michigan State's down. Everybody else is below you um, on paper and, and on the eye test at this point. So, yeah, I mean, you've got those two games coming up, and, and those are, you know, that little round robin's going to probably dictate who emerges from this, but they absolutely have a shot to, to be the one on top. Yep. And number one, we did discuss this a little bit, uh, but how wild is the Pac-12 going to get? Because if you really look at it and the way that these things intersect, I think this is going to be the craziest season in their history. And not even close. Like, they'll be able to look back at the last one, and then somebody will say, well, like, what other season compares to this? And they'll be like, no, nothing no. compares to this. This is the freaking White Album. Let's, you know, that's what it is. Yeah, unless they eat each other up mm-hmm. and they have – like everybody has a couple of losses and, and, and everyone, you know, and then you always throw in one of those clunkers. So I just, I, I'm happy for them, the conference who's had the hellacious last couple of years. And I, I mean, I, there were times when the PAC 12 after dark was the only game on and I wouldn't, you know, even then I was like, okay, but I, I, I just can't wait to see results. And we saw one with Oregon and Colorado and now we'll, we saw Utah and UCLA and we'll look for more. I, I, it's going to be a great conference week in and week out. Yeah, I mean, they're going to beat up on each other. And, and going back to what you said about the malpractice, Paul, I think that the, the most impressive thing about Penn State is, you know, not obviously holding Iowa to zero points, but it's being able to put 31 yeah. up on that defense. I mean, that's just you – know, not a lot of teams do that uh, against that team. So they are for real. But, yeah, the Pac-12 is, is – I, I mean, as wild as, as – you can imagine. It feels like. I mean, it's been wild so far, and, and now we're going to actually get those teams crossing over even more every single week. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be awesome to see who emerges. If anybody can, unscathed or relatively unscathed, because you could wind up with a bunch of two-loss teams that's at the top of the standings. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's what it's shaping up to be. And if somebody does get out on the other side and only has one loss, then that's going to be a pretty dead good football team that's going to the college football playoffs. When you have those kind of quarterbacks, those specific quarterbacks, five, six deep or so, man, yeah. I mean, it, 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 there's, it's just going to be fun to see who's the one at the end. Unlike th- their TV deal, this is actually living up to the hype. Yeah. yeah. Let, let me throw this out about Iowa. I said this on, on Triple Option earlier. It would have been better for Brian Ferentz had the game been, like, rained out 
tornado or something than to put a zero on the board. Oh, yeah. Because they are trying to get to a specific number of points. Right. So not applicable is better than zero because now they have to make up for all that when he had to average, what, 27 points a game or something like 25 points a game. 25. Yeah, 25 points a game. They are already skirting that and needed a 41-point performance to get to that point earlier this year and now they're going to struggle to get back to that spot. Yep. It's a it's a weird thing to be 3 and 1 and to make it sound like you're like, you know, some they're not awful, but it's, I just think the brand of football is absolutely atrocious mm-hmm. offensively and it's inexcusable at that level and it'll make me wonder for forever of like, yeah, sure, maybe your defense doesn't have as many stops, but Dang, they would have gotten a lot of help if you could just actually score points and, you know, string drives together. Eventually, but that puts a lot of pressure on it, the defense. I know. And that but, man, is when you crack. Not yeah. scoring at all puts yep. way more pressure on the defense to have yep. to be nearly perfect every single week, which they have been for the most part. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.